0: As Betsy comes to read the scripture this morning, look at that word authority. That word is an amazingly powerful word. And in the midst of that, I want to ask you, what is your authority? What is the authority that you follow? And look at the interplay that happens between Jesus and those who seek to trick him. I'm going to see where we can go with this. Betsy.
1: When he entered the temple... The chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Holy wisdom, holy word.
0: Thanks be to God rachel and nick were just walking by the back door and i think they were hoping that we would lay hands on them but i am seeing if they're walking by here i just want to catch them as if you see them um please just pray for them uh they are both they're all three struggling with the shooting in different ways shannon just went on i think to to catch them but just, just help them know that our love surrounds them uh, throughout this time, and again, each of them are dealing with these things in very, very different ways, and, and just God's grace is sufficient to really surround them. Well, friends, it's the birthday of the church, Pentecost Sunday, and I think for many of us, as we look at having birthdays as we get kind of up in years, three things seem to happen to us. The first is that we question whether or not we still function quite in the same way as we used to. I'm looking at the smiles on your faces right now. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And we do. We question kind of whether or not we're still being able to function at the same levels as we were that we did when we were younger. The second has to do with sometimes, you know, a time of just deep reflection of of. Here I am at this age, and and I wonder if everything's okay. And I just want to look in the mirror one more time and and see how I'm doing. And the third of these is is that question that we often have about whether or not we are now at that place that we would thought we thought we might be at this age. Have we accomplished those goals? Have we done those things? And that's kind of where we are. What's interesting is here we are in the church that's now just under 2,000 years old. And I think those same questions apply to the church. We're facing deep questions about relevance, functionality, even age. I think we're reflecting more than almost any time in history about who we are and what we are, even where we are and what we're doing. And I'll come back to the third one in just a second. I think many of us grew up in a time, particularly in this service, grew up in a time where where kind of Jesus was the only way. Uh, Maybe this emergence of evangelicalism that said there is only one path. There is only one way. and, And it's Jesus. And yet what's been interesting, particularly in the last number of years, probably I would say 10 to 15 years, the conversation has shifted, particularly in certain areas of the country. And wondering if maybe there are some things that are happening where there is an exchange among religions that allows us potentially to move beyond the Jesus is the only way kind of conversation. I want to talk about three of three conversations that I've had in the last number of years. You all know that I just got back from Thailand last March and I remember sitting both in Bangkok, and in the small town of Mesali, up in the the north, tiny little village, of having conversations with Buddhist priests, and sitting with them, one in this huge, huge, probably acre campus, ornate temple, and talking to them about what what were the elements that were at the root of who and what they are. And then the same conversation in this little tiny village. And here's what I found from those Buddhist priests. First and foremost, deeply spiritual, willing to give up almost anything, almost anything to be an appropriate follower. Everything in creation is precious. Everything is precious. And for the most part, they were some of the most beautiful, peace-loving folks maybe that I've ever met. I remember conversations with two dear friends in L.A., both of whom were Buddhist priests, and and the interplay between Christianity and Buddhism and seeing not the places per se where we were so different, but maybe more importantly the places where we were very much the same. I remember the day that Rambaru Dasi, she was Krishna, came onto the campus at La Tahira United Methodist Church in Los Angeles. Ramburu was dressed in her robes and, and sat, and she said, I, I just want to have a conversation with you. And we sat down in my office, and what I thought was going to be about 10 minutes turned into about four hours. Within a year, Ramburu was on staff as our children's minister, believe it or not. Ramburu brought a level of spirituality that I have never, ever seen in someone Before. She brought an understanding of the appropriateness of how diet and sleep and activities are a gift of God, and how our interchange with each other and the love that we share, even between religions, is the essential element for all things. Baru then went on to uh, help teach a uh, seminary class about spirituality at Claremont School of Theology, where I was attending, and I will tell you again, when it came to health and well being, when it came to spiritual depth, when it came to love and compassion, I'm not sure that I have ever met anyone as deep as Rambaru. Let me go back to the Buddhist priest for a minute. By the way, they're not Christian. Does that make them wrong? Rambaru is not Christian. Does that make her wrong? Particularly in my years as a mountaineer, I remember studying the Sherpa of Nepal. And here is a kind of a hybrid faith group, religious organization that, that seek solely, solely to serve. This population are some of the most humble, beautiful people you will ever meet. They believe in the sanctity of creation They believe in the sanctity of all things. They believe that there is a power of creation beyond anything we could ever truly experience. If but we would engage in the power that created it. The Sherpa will literally give you the shirt off their back. They see their role purely as serving. They are humble. They are gentle. They are loving. They are not Christian. Does that make them wrong? And here's the deal, friends. In the midst of all of those conversations, and there have been hundreds of conversations, they ask me about my faith. They ask me about what it means to be Christian, and we have that conversation. But what has always taken my breath away is consistently the statement that they make, which is, If Christians would truly practice the teachings of Jesus, the world would be transformed. If Christians would truly practice the teachings of Jesus, the world would be transformed. I want to have Colleen come up and talk a little bit about transformation and the kind of transformation that I'm talking about through one of our missionaries, Catherine Parker is a missionary in Nepal. I I won't steal any thunder here either and so uh, let's just hear about what she is doing.
2: It is an honor today. By the way, I wrote this out because I can talk a long time. It is an honor today to introduce our United Methodist Global Missionary, Catherine Parker. Now, I'm going to put a little caveat in here. As I was working on this, All of a sudden, it brought up a lot of negative feelings about the word missionary. And so some of you, I think, share that as well. I think Catherine Parker is a good person to put in, replace of some of those negative images you have of missionaries. Um, She, for me, is a transformational figure for that word for me. Because for me, growing up in Spokane, I grew up with a lot of, Problems that missionaries had created with the Native American population, and so for me there was there's pain in that word, Um, and she actually transforms that word for me, and that's been very exciting over the course of the last year as I've learned more about her ministry. So, in the past, Aldersgate has supported global missions missionaries for quite a while, a long time in the history of this church. We have had supported Esther and Delbert Rice, who are missionaries in the Philippines, and more recently, David and Lori Persons in the Congo, which were from the Northwest Conference. But before I say too much about Catherine, I want you to hear her describe her ministry. And we have a video that she did um, last year when she was home.
3: I'm Catherine Parker. I'm a United Methodist missionary from California, and I'm going to Nepal in South Asia. My background is in water microbiology, and so I will work as a water, sanitation, and hygiene advisor as part of the health team that works with and through the United Mission to Nepal. We partner with local agencies that are reaching out into their community there, so I will provide capacity building as well as support to these agencies as they implement programs in water sanitation and hygiene as well as uh, around nutrition and in sustainable livelihood activities as well. It's really wonderful to have the opportunity every three years to come back and to connect with the local churches that support me in my work as a global ministries missionary one of the incredibly powerful things to me about being part of the united methodist church is that we are a connectional church and so every congregation reaches out locally but god connects us globally There are a lot of no
2: Catherine. I want to highlight Catherine's quote in the video. Every congregation reaches out locally, but God connects us globally. That for me describes Aldersgate. We reach out in our community in many different ways. This morning three women got up bright and early and served breakfast at Hammond House. This next week, we are going to be doing Congregations for the Homeless, um, and many of you have donated and brought food this morning or will be cooking meals and bringing food during the week. Yet, we do not just serve our locality. Aldersgate is reaching out in ministry via like, Grace Boarding Home in Thailand that Brad has already um, said something about this morning, to the Jama Latu orphanage in the Congo that our conference was um, helped to build, and now Catherine Parker in Nepal. When we think of Nepal, most of us think of Mount Everest, Sherpas, beautiful pictures of prayer flags, and other things. But we don't know a lot about the country of Nepal, and I realized how ignorant I was of Nepal as I started studying about it to do this presentation the religion of Nepal is mostly Hindu. The second largest religion is Buddhism. And up until very recently, missionaries were allowed to serve in Nepal. It was a closed country up until about 1953. And in 1954, they invited non-governmental organizations, missionary groups, to come in and um, work in the country, but they could not evangelize. So there's been a mission presence for quite a while. And... That, with all the political turmoil, which I won't go into, um, changed. And people, there's more religious freedom in Nepal. And people who self-identify as Christians is growing dramatically. Nepal is also um, landlocked. You can look at the globe in the other room. And it is very poor. Um, Its United Nations Human Development Ranking is 157 out of 186 countries. So in terms of what tourists often see and people that are going to go hiking, they see the areas that are more developed. But water sanitation, which is what Catherine will be working in, is a tremendous need in this country because it causes such a problem with um, diarrhea and other diseases. Catherine Parker is Aldersgate's hands in Nepal. She is sponsored by the United Methodist Global Ministries and works through the ecumenical organization, the United Mission to Nepal, which just celebrated 60 years in Nepal. As you saw in the video, her area of expertise is water sanitation. Prior to her ministry in Nepal, she worked with water hygiene and sanitation in Cambodia. She has both bachelor's and master's degrees in microbiology. However, what she has been doing most recently is working with young people in the Doti region, which is in the western part of Nepal. Um, she has been teaching classes related to human sexuality, AIDS, and menstrual hygiene. She has also been working in nutrition. Yesterday, I received, it's an amazing world, yesterday I received an email from Catherine to read to our children and the congregation I will share part of that with you. It's a very long email, and I'll have a copy of it out there. Dear friends at Aldersgate United Methodist Church, This letter comes to you from Catherine Parker, a servant of Jesus Christ, called as a missionary and appointed for the service of the gospel in partnership with brothers and sisters in Nepal as a health advisor with the United Mission to Nepal. Grace and peace to you. I draw strength every day from the assurance that God in Christ has made a way for us to live full, healthy, and abundant lives. On Pentecost, we celebrate the action of the Holy Spirit in our lives and through our church community. One of the signs of the Holy Spirit is that the messenger of God's abundant love can be shared and understood among people all around the world. We have different languages and cultures, but the Holy Spirit unites us as one church. Because we want to embrace this diversity and connection, we as the church today send missionaries from one community to another to strengthen the relationships and share in the common ministry. We send people from Zimbabwe to Cambodia, from Korea to Mongolia, and you have sent me from the USA to Nepal to work together with the people called Methodists and the ecumenical community to promote health and fullness of life for all in a transformed Nepali society. She then goes on for the children to talk about her work with the children and nutrition. And you can read that out there. They have developed, similar to the um, food that we developed for the Congo, they have a super flower that she um, describes that can be um, made locally. So she concludes her letter In Nepal, the first line of the national anthem is, and excuse me, my Nepali's a little rusty, Saya Tunga Fukuhama Yoda Mala Nepali, which means, like many different flowers, we are knitted into one garland of Nepal. The joy of Pentecost is to celebrate the uniqueness of each of you as beautiful growing flowers that the Holy Spirit is binding together in the love of God, together with children all over the world, including in Nepal, to form a beautiful and healthy garland of flowers. And she was um, sent us a very short 12-second video of her um, sign languaging in traditional costume um, with her family that she's living with singing part of the song. So
3: if you have... So I have to find my place
2: today is pentecost sunday today we celebrate the birthday of the church we are called to serve others individually we cannot be everywhere but as members of christ church we touch um, others in the most remote places so after this service some of you have already done this between services but we've left everything up out there We are making prayer flags. And some of you have already made yours. And there's a couple of things we're going to be doing with these prayer flags. First of all, there is a table on the southeast side of Friendship Hall that has um, ones to be signed that we're going to be sending to Nepal to Catherine to let her know that we as a covenant church are praying for her. Now, a covenant church sponsors Catherine financially. But the covenant goes beyond that because that's easy. The church you know, writes the check, and we don't have anything to do with that so much as the treasurer does. We give our money in the offering plate, which we thank you for. But we individually have a covenant with her as well to pray for her to lift her up because there are days when I am sure she feels very alone in that part of the world even though she has been in mission service now for quite a few years so we are making prayer flags that you can link together with the other ones in your family, other people in your family or make a couple for yourself, link them together and hang them somewhere in your house that you see whether it's in your kitchen, a hall, the bathroom link them together and remember to as you walk by them to say a quick prayer for catherine and then we are sending them to her as well and she can also include some of them maybe in flags um, that hang in nepal as well so there is a stamp that has her name on it so that you don't even have to write down her name you can remember it by stamping it on it um, so that you can remember to pray for her Finally, I wanted to close again with her words. We've heard these words in different ways from the United Methodists around the world, but they are so true. Every congregation reaches out locally, but God connects us globally. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Colleen. Can we... (laughs) What if God is bigger than one flavor? What if God is bigger than one faith group? What if God is seeking to move through all of us toward a greater good? Let me just close with this thought, too. There is a reason that Kathleen does what she does. First of all, it is because... Sorry, Catherine. It is because of a deep faith first. A deep, committed faith first. That Catherine is able to do what she does. It is the foundation for everything she does. And then she takes that faith and combines it with her giftedness, her education at Harvard, everything. She could have done anything in the world, in anything in this country, she felt called to this. She's not only changing lives, she's changing whole populations. What a privilege it is for us to be able to sponsor and support her, not only with money, but with prayer. But here's that final thought. In all of the conversations that I've talked about, not once, not once have I heard any of those other populations somehow judge me because I am Christian. Not once. What they have sought was more and deeper information about how that can influence their lives. The reason we were able to have those kinds of deep conversations is, I know where I stand in my faith, and they respect that. But I want to remind you of the statement they made. If all Christians would practice the teachings of Jesus, they would change the world. Friends, we need to continue to get better at practicing the teachings of Jesus based in love, compassion, faith and hope. But I'm sorry, what was the greatest of these? The greatest of these is love. Will you pray with me? God, as the hour is late, we come together and not only do we offer prayers for Seattle Pacific and for Nick and Rachel and Caitlin, for all those who have been affected by the shooting there last week. Lord, we lift up Renee Cruz today and the death of her brother on Wednesday. We lift up Lisa, Dave Mabey's daughter, again as she's recovering from surgery and just are amazed at how well she's doing. We lift up the Bushes today and good to have them there at first service this morning and then here continue to ask your presence in the life of Karen, of Dan, of the girls. Karen is now facing a much more in-depth, much more focused chemotherapy in the coming weeks. God, we lift up Skip at Valley Medical. We lift up the Kirkmans as they prepare for transition in August. We lift up Paul Martin, who spoke this morning as he goes in for surgery tomorrow. There is a lot of prayer that is needed throughout this region, throughout this community, and really throughout the world. And we seek your presence in all of it. But help us not forget that every single one of us can make a difference very much like the young man who stepped into harm's way and saved lives. Help us remember that every single one of us can make a difference. And may every single one of us who profess Jesus Christ as the one that we will follow or as the Savior, that we are called to practice what He preached and taught and did and so much of it was around providing healing and hope help us be unapologetically Christian help us understand more deeply what that means as together we unite our voices in this prayer taught to us by Jesus saying our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come